Welcome to this week's podcast, which is also the last one from the summer semester. Today we are going to talk about obesity and cardiovascular diseases. It is not a surprise, and everyone from our field probably knows that obesity is associated with many diseases and disorders. Here we will address the increased risk of developing cardiovascular disease, particularly heart failure. But I believe the way we are going to talk about might be new for some of us. Have you heard about the obesity paradox in cardiovascular diseases? The paper from Salvatore of 2019 is a review about this topic. Among other things, they discuss the mechanisms through which obesity might increase the risk of CVD, the cardiovascular disease, and how it might exert protective effects in the setting of the established CVD with a focus in body composition. It is well known that the prevalence of obesity has increased over the past decades, uh, reaching epidemic levels. It can be defined as an excess of fat mass that impairs health and most commonly defined by the, ter by the determination of body mass index or BMI. It has indeed different levels, usually defined as classes 1, 2, and 3. It's always good to remember that obesity is a strong independent predictor of CVD, even in the absence of other risk factors. Curiously, after the onset of CVD, the relationship between higher BMI and clinical outcomes is not linear. Here comes some of the intriguing part of this. Obesity increases the risk of CVD in primary prevention. So, clinicians and researchers have historically assumed that excess of body mass would also be detrimental in secondary prevention settings. Contrary to this line of thinking, this assumption is not necessarily correct, as several retrospective and prospective epidemiologic studies have demonstrated that a potential protective effect of obesity can coexist with CVDs, a phenomenon called, guess what, obesity paradox. The authors point on the beginning that although BMI is widely used, even the WHO alerts against the absolute reliance on BMI as a, fit, a measurement of fat mass. Yet, particularly in those without CVD, increased BMI is highly correlated with an increase in fat mass and an increase also of fat-free mass and still remains a strong prognostic role. But Always remember that the BMI also does not tell the distribution of the fat mass. First, let's recap how the risk of CVD and heart failure works in the obese population. Accumulation of visceral fat mass has been recognized as a major cardiometabolic risk factor, which favors the production of pro-inflammatory markers. In contrast, the association between increased subcutaneous fat mass and cardiometabolic risk is not necessarily as linear as for visceral fat mass. It is very important to address that the classical definition of obesity focuses only on the excess of fat mass. But populations with limited physical activity, obesity may also be associated with the reduction in the amount of lean mass. The reduction alone is defined as sarcopenia, and when excess of fat mass accompanies sarcopenia, it is defined as sarcopenic obesity. Sarcopenia and sarcopenic obesity are associated with worse prognosis and functional capacity in several chronic diseases, particularly in cancer and more recently also in heart failure. 
Some of the data resulting from the Framingham study initially suggest that overweight and obesity increase the risk of developing heart failure. So obesity remains a strong risk factor for all forms of heart failure, and recent data suggests that obesity specifically increases the risk of a specific form of heart failure, named heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. It is important to say that this type of uh, heart failure accounts for nearly half of all diagnoses with limited therapeutic options. The exact mechanism of obesity-induced heart failure are incompletely understood. However, the excess of fat mass and fat-free mass resulting from both increased skeletal muscle mass and body water play a central role. In addition to the detrimental effect of fat mass, the excess amount of lean mass in patients with obesity can further increase the risk of cardiac dysfunction and ultimately heart failure. Due to these um, high blood flow requirements, lean mass is responsible for the typical increase in plasma volume in individuals with obesity, cause, causing an increase in the preload and stroke volume. Although an increased stroke volume can be considered beneficial as an increased cardiac output, when this increase persists over time, a cardiac workload might result in an initial ventricle um, dilatation and ultimately, this can lead to an increased risk of heart failure. Now let's go to the juicy part about the obesity paradox in heart failure. It's undeniable that obesity poses a major risk for heart failure. After the diagnosis, obesity can have some protective effects. This paradoxical relationship is particularly evident in individuals with class one obesity. This was initially observed in patients with advanced disease where coexistence with overweight was associated with improved prognosis compared to normal weight or underweight patients. The mechanism through which obesity improved this diagnosis in patients with heart failure are not completely understood. However, several hypotheses have been proposed. Now, very, very important, in patients with peak VO2 higher than 14 milliliters per kilo, the obesity paradox has been not reported, positioning obesity as a protective factor only in those with low cardiorespiratory fitness. That's the paradox. So the peak VO2 relative to body weight, as it's most commonly expressed, may underestimate cardiorespiratory fitness. So to overcome this limitation, the fat-free mass was adjusted in the obese population to the peak VO2 and has been proposed in the literature to the value of 19 milliliters of kilo, per kilo of lean mass. And it has been found to be superior to the previously defined 14 milliliters per normal kilo. More recent evidence has also confirmed that the peak VO2 is more strongly dependent of lean mass and not body mass as general, even in individuals without heart failure. The exact mechanisms through which this increased lean mass may improve cardiorespiratory fitness and possibly prognosis are still largely unclear. Because the oxygen pathway utilized in, to calculate VO2 highly relies on muscle diffusion capacity and mitochondrial respirator, um, respiration capacity at the muscle level, uh, 
increased lean mass may result in increasing both of these variables. In addition, increased lean mass has been associated with greater skeletal muscle strength, a strong predictor for adverse outcomes, even when assessed in adolescents several years before the occurrence of CVD-related deaths. Even in patients with heart failure, the assessment of muscle strains provide crucial information for improved risk status. And it has been proposed to be even superior than peak VO2, at least in patients with heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, which could represent another mechanism through which increased lean mass may exert beneficial effects. I know it's a lot of information, but clearly, long-term studies investigating the effects of such intervention on clinical outcomes are required to implement them in clinical practice. I hope you have all enjoyed this semester's podcast. It was a pleasure to listen to them all. 